Welcome to Mighty Gems, Spotlighting Everyday Jewels with your host, Dee Lee. It is common for all of us to take things for granted, the familiar in our daily lives. For example, our home, our job, our health, our relationships with family and friends and pets. By paying attention and polishing your own life gems, you can add your light to life. And that creates a mighty gem. On today's program, you will learn how paying attention to the small things can make your life mighty. So polish the facets of the extraordinary jewels around you by joining your host, Dee Lee. Learn how being mighty is possible when you polish the extraordinary jewels in your life. Now, here is your host, Dee Lee. Welcome to our show, Mighty Gems, Spotlighting Everyday Jewels. My name is Dee Lee. Today I'm here with our guest host, Lynn Shirell, and our special guest, Vicki Draper. Vicki is a healing your animal expert with a mission to help as many animals as possible, be as healthy as possible, while also making their animal um, guardians as happy happy as possible. A lot of as possibilities happen. A special <laughs> welcome to Lynn and Vicki and thank you all for joining us today. Whoop whoop. This is going to be fun. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most humans today live a normal life existence, normal being quote unquote, um, in a daily state of being overwhelmed. There are many perceived complexities in each of our lives and an explosion of shiny distractions around us and also within us to choose from. People can operate with blinders in place and numb about where they're going. We have become asleep or immune to what is around us. We, do, we don't always see the possibilities and opportunities to have a more joy-filled existence by paying attention to our daily interactions with others. Included in these daily interactions are our animal uh, relationships that we likely have taken for granted. Robert Linza said, the universe bursts into existence from life, not the other way around as we have been taught. For each life there is a universe, its own universe. We generate spheres of reality, individual bubbles of existence. Our planet is comprised of billions of spheres of reality, generated by each individual human and perhaps even by each animal. One of the highest returns on investment that you can make is to take a few minutes daily to acknowledge the good things in your world, including your animal, animal relationships. Being grateful for animal energy creates a bond with the natural world that can increase good health, happiness, and optimism. An animal doesn't wait for you to intellectualize what's happening. Instead, the invitation is to respond from the heart immediately. And that can be feeling like a lost art. Yeah, things are happening so fast. And in the Western world, we're really um, acculturated to be very intellectual. So we live from our heads and, you know, sometimes our bodies are just kind of there to carry them around. <laughs> so um, today, you know, really what we're going to do in today's show is to continue our exploration, connecting from our fourth chakra energy, the heart center, with a higher perspective. So words associated with this energy center relate to unconditional love, compassion, feeling, tenderness, compassion, and gratitude. These words are all valuable jewels in our everyday vocabulary. And so let's just talk about what some of these actually mean. So for example, unconditional love, which is really, it's the only true kind of love. 
Love itself is hard to define, and some people say that it's impossible to have unconditional love. Ultimately, it requires a great deal of thought, action, and faith. It's an action more than a feeling, and it means to act with love under all conditions. If you have to do something that, you know, or be a certain way in order to receive love, that love is considered conditional. It's transactional. If it is given freely and without reservation, it's unconditional. Accept yourself and those you love love, do not expect others to make you happy through their choices and how they live. They're living their lives. You cannot control others. You can only control yourself. So you love more by caring less. Basically, you love regardless of the choices that have been made, and you derive happiness from the pure act of loving unconditionally. So that's, you know, people don't often think about it like that. So another um, really helpful concept to have is compassion. And as a common aim to be happy, um, using compassion as the main tool to achieve that happiness is really, it's like having a power lever. Identification with non-judgmental understanding towards a person or cause or life dilemma, that is compassion. And having practicing compassionate detachment, which we'll talk about too, but these are concepts that can really enrich your life. So some of the ways that you can practice compassion is to practice empathy. Focus on the experience that someone is having, but be careful not to be hung up on sympathy, which is different. Empathy is really just being with them in it. Sympathy is like, oh, you know, it's it's just different. Um, recognize what you have in common between yourself and others, thinking about others like yourself to connect. Um, people are each of us, we're all seeking happiness. We're all trying to avoid suffering. We've all known sadness, loneliness, and despair and loss. We're all seeking to fulfill needs and we're all learning about life. So when you recognize what you have in common with other people, just even on those core levels, now it's not that they're Live strangers, they're not foreign. They're, they're just an, another person like you. So um, also to have compassion, reflect on how much you want someone not to suffer. Just open your heart and reflect on that feeling. Or or you could also try practicing an act of kindness, even a smile or a kind word. Do something small like an errand or a chore for someone without expectation of anything in return. If there's uh, any sort of mistreatment happening, practice being calm and detached from the situation. Imagine the mood or the state of mind that the person might be in. Understand that their actions are usually not about the person who, you know, if they're not acting so nice, if they're having a bad hair day, you know, just let just reflect on the situation and surprise them because you're not in reaction at them because if they're already having a bad day the worst thing that can happen is you know I mean feel it like if you're in that moment you know the last thing you want is somebody to criticize you for being you know what you know is not your normal self so just really observe your feelings and focus on your heart quiet your mind and move into feelings of forgiveness so and say, so I'll be back in a moment <laughs> yeah you can even just take a break right yeah, yeah. so and in feelings um, you know in the heart chakra Basic emotions are converted into true feelings. There's a progression from the gut level emotions through the awareness of self with a quality of feelings connected to wisdom without being governed or driven by raw emotions. It's possible to have, acknowledge, and use feelings without controlling our lives, and that evades rationality and responsibility. Emotions can be harnessed without being denied, and the energy can be used to enhance self-respect and empowerment. When awareness is projected 
connected with feelings, we enter a state of contemplation where we can experience things from within and also sense the nature of their very being, their rhythms and life cycles. So, you know, your feelings are just really important. They're a little GPS uh, on what's happening in your life. Um, And so, uh, just a few more just simple explanations of these key concepts, but tenderness is a quality of being. We can exhibit our greatest strengths and yet be tender and vulnerable. As the heart opens, we reveal and declare ourselves to the world. It's only when we're prepared to be vulnerable and tender that we can give tenderness and true feeling and compassion to other people. Being touched and allowing ourselves to feel is important. And then there's detachment. You know, I referenced that a little bit earlier, but it's important to achieve the discipline of detachment to see situations with a detached attitude. And that doesn't mean that you don't care. It just means that you're able to think clearly so that any problem can be viewed in the the optimal way. And then, of course, gratitude, which is the highest vibration of creation. Really, it's a feeling of thankfulness and acknowledgement, recognition and appreciation. And it can be a gesture, a person, a material, uh, you know, the problem problem with the human mindset is that we tend to jump around from one situation to another, but genuine feelings that warm the heart, that is where gratitude lives. And again, it's the place from which when you are grateful for what's already in your world, you actually welcome what else can come into your world. Right. That's really being open. And today we are excited to have you with us, Vicki. Your work embodies all of the words that Lynn just defined. We've been exploring a lot of different words and real experiences, and we're very uh, interested in all of the things that you've experienced when you've been working so closely with animals and their guardians. And from this heartfelt connection of the fourth chakra, that's really, that's a, a very important energy center. My guess is that you experience all of these connections more than most of us. So, Vicki, in what ways does your work with animals bypass the thinking mind to greater connection with love and compassion, given our basic understanding of these words? Well, um, yes. The, all, everything that you have described is the basis of my work. Um, and so, with the animals, they're in the present. And so, they're going with what is in the moment. Um, So they're not thinking about what happened yesterday or the day before or how somebody mistreated me or this or that. You know, they're they're in this perpetual love and compassion. And it's the connection then comes to getting us as humans in that same state of mind to connect with our animals. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when they're connecting in their mind, but they, they don't quite connect to their guardians, how do you, do you sense there's a, a disconnect? You know, is that um, like, what is, you know, what is, what would you say is the most significant disruptor of this love connection? Well, I would say it's what you've been talking about, the heart chakra, the heart center. We, as humans, we're mainly in our heads. And when we drop down into our hearts, that's where the animal connection is. They're so happy when their people get in their hearts because that's what they, they feel and connect with. And so, you know, as humans, we have more armoring around our hearts and we, we don't always stay in the present. You know, we're thinking about what happened or what's in the future, what's going to be happening. And so the way I work helps people release this armor, helps them get out of their head and into their heart, and helps them align 
your heart chakras, um, your heart centers with the animals to have this deeper connection. And even people that have a very strong connection with their animal already, when they experience my work, they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea it could go even deeper. So it's really all about that bridging that connection and deepening that that unconditional love and that you know pure love relationship. And you're um, in your work. You're also doing healings on both. I understand you you do kind of a healing on both ends. You know, being the human and the animal connection. How do you how do the animals benefit from these healings? Um, and do you uh, have a communication with them, or is you know some people are restricted in their thinking that the human and the the animal can actually communicate, but it seems like it, there is a direct communication going on a lot of times that might be very subtle. Yes, yes. And so I'm like a mediator and translator, and so I help the people and animals, you know, get on the same page. And the healing techniques that I use and I also teach people can shift. I just had a client named Ginger who would run out into the car, run out on the road and chase cars and was always barking. And with the work we did, the neighbors even noticed, the extended family noticed the difference. Um, and she settled because I got the person and Ginger on the same level, they're understanding each other and um, helping that blossom. So then Ginger wasn't feeling stressed anymore because she was feeling understood, feeling, feeling the connection because the person was really taking the time and really connecting in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be kind of a challenge for humans. Sometimes that we're so busy, we don't even see these obvious connections. Albert Einstein's Albert Einstein said, a human being is a part of the whole called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prism for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. And that's why I have a crush on Albert Einstein. I'm just saying, (laughs) because he said that. (laughs) And Vicki, could you explain a little bit your experience that you've related um, with different clients um, having to do with the unconditional love as you work with the exchanges going back and forth and um, between the animals and their human guardians. Yes. And so in my work, I'm holding the space of pure unconditional love. And it really allows the unfolding and the opening between the animals and the people And then, as I mentioned earlier, I'm like a mediator and a translator, so I can help um, actually both ways, because the animal needs to know where the person's coming from, and the person needs to know where the animal's coming from, and really help um, deepening that bond. And most of the animals, what I find is they are so delighted when the person gets in their heart. 
and is open because they they love us so much and they really want us to be joyful and they really love connecting from that pure spirit. And so there's you know encounter there's times when um we need need to do some healing work as you mentioned I do healing. Um sometimes the animals have had a trauma or experience that we release and then they blossom into their selves. And sometimes it's the people that they're unaware. It's not that they don't love their animal. They're just unaware and unaware of some of the actions they're doing that's impacting their animal. And um, and sometimes the animal, well, our animals help us. They love us so much they clear, and they take on our issues to help clear and can get stuck. And sometimes they manifest into physical illnesses. And so that's a lot of times we'll get the people bring the, you know, their animals in, and then the animal is actually looking to the person for permission to heal. Hmm. And, and you know, the person's like, well, of course, but to the animal it's not always obvious. And so um, I can support that dynamic, and the animal then says, oh, I have permission to get better, then gets better as well. And with your information on how animals relate, too, I mean, there's a sense of animals are pretty grounded, um, or they're they're basically grounded, because there's a sense there that they are connected more clearly with their source. And uh, interestingly, we were talking about location and use of internal guidance systems like the heart heart chakra and, and apparently you were mentioning too that um, animals do have chakras and mm-hmm. they're located very close to the similar location that the humans have so I think that's very interesting and I, I'm not sure how much research there's been um, concerning the connections but it seems like it when you really boil it down there's really a um, pretty basic set of um, criteria there for connecting and um, I think from our human perspective sometimes we might be stepping out too far to one side or the other so our alignment becomes out of connection but um, that's part of the challenge of really um, listening and tuning back in to having this communication with within ourselves and with our animal friends. And on that note, um, we're going to take a a minute here for a break, and we will be back shortly and explore some more wonderful information on this wonderful topic. And we'll see you in a few minutes. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you interested in actualizing your potential to be, do, and have more? If yes, then consider this your invitation. Intellike dates back to Aristotle, who used the word to describe the potential of a thing becoming itself. For example, a kitten has the intellike to become a cat. So what is human intellike? It's about discovering your destiny to live your freedom. 
Discover who you really are through one of the programs at www.humanintellike.com. Be who you are here to be. And remember, your life is a powerful expression of potential. Whether you activate that for its highest good or not is your choice. www.humanintellike.com. That's human, E-N-T-E-L-E-C-H-Y.com. Have you ever met a muse? Or considered the possibility that you are a muse and didn't know it? A muse inspires creativity, happiness, and imagination. And that's something we need every day to feel fulfilled in life. The challenge is that most media focuses on negativity. But now there is a place for you and other musers to connect with positive energy, new possibilities, and personal growth. Join www.themightymuser.com to discover curated content designed to bring you to your best self. Becoming a muser will have a direct effect on how you feel. And as you feel good, your life is good. Join themightymuser.com. It's the choice that can change everything. are listening to Mighty Gems, Spotlighting Everyday Jewels with D. Lee. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to jewels at mightygems.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Mighty Gems, Spotlighting Everyday Jewels. And one of the jewels that we're discussing right now with Vicki, who's a uh, healing animal expert, is um, the jewel of being able to communicate with our animals that we have in our uh, lives. Um, or if you don't have it immediately in your life, it's a relationship that you might have with a, an animal friend. So we're, we're talking about um, some of the experiences that Vicki has had. And um, one curiosity was, you know, there. it appears that, that Vicki has a wonderful gift. And this gift of working with animals and also humans, because sometimes people can work with animals and not be able to communicate back to uh, humans. But Vicki has a great gift here in being able to communicate with both. When did you first notice that you started, you know, you had this gift? Well, what's interesting is since it's na- I was naturally born with it, I've always had a strong connection with the animals and just always understood it that I didn't realize others couldn't. <laughs> so that's, that's it really it. wasn't until yeah. I was older that um, that I realized that uh, it was a gift or that, it, you know, that not everybody had it. Um, and because even as a child, I was helping animals, and um, it was just natural. Um, and I even had a kitten when I was 11 that had was diagnosed and wasn't expected to live, you know, but a couple of days. And I did what was natural to me, and and I can remember to this day that connection and that bond I had with the animal as I was, you know, helping my kitten. And he rebounded and lived, you know, 16 more healthy years. Wow, that's incredible. And it wasn't until years later in my training that I understood what, you know, I had language for it. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I, I remember that. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, so it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a natural way of life for me. Did you find that kind of difficult when you were a child being able to play with other children and feeling a bit different? In a way, it's funny you mentioned that because I can remember getting together um, with my friends and sleepovers and this and that. Anytime anyone had an animal, I was with the animal, you know, because uh-huh. I loved connecting with the animals. And so I can remember sitting over and playing with the animal and the rest of the friends are all playing out in the yard, you know, and then I went back and joined them. But if there was an animal there, I, I was there and connecting feeling a little bit like a Pied Piper? <laughs> yes, yes. And that's what animals, they do. They come up to me. They're, um, they're drawn. It's really fun to, to have all these animal encounters and experiences that, that occur. So how, so how did you um, proceed when you were in that situation? Did they ask you questions or did they make fun of you? Or, I mean, kids can sometimes be a little rude. Because they aren't sure, you know, of some situation or don't understand it or run into it. Well, that's interesting. I don't remember ever being ridiculed. That's good. Um, yeah, and I get. I think maybe because it was just me and I was confident in me, you know, that it was just accepted. It, yeah, it's never ridiculed. Um, thank goodness. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a different different situation. But well, and, and you said I did grow up feeling different. Yet I guess I learned to embrace that. Mm-hmm. I just expected myself to be different, and so and didn't expect everyone to understand, and and that was a big gift in it. And as so well. as you went along with your. You're growing up. Uh, you had mentioned that you had, um, I don't know if your parents tried to also um, point you in different directions. Um, that's always, it seems like a parent's duty <laughs> mm-hmm. to um, continually try to help kids, you know, look for areas that they could focus for their careers. And funny you should say that because that is why I did go off into computers. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very analytical side as well to my brain, and so um, I love the computers, and I love the math and physics, and except going off into a career in that, my head was very stimulated, but my heart just was withering, and, you know, I, I just didn't want to live that way any longer, It it just, because my heart was not getting fuel. And so what was interesting is I was on a nature hike and I found a heart-shaped rock and one half was white and one half was gray and I really felt this was a choice point in my life. It's like, do I want to continue letting my heart wither or am I going to do something, you know, which would be the gray side or am I going to really feed it and have the light come through? And so that's when I quit my corporate computer job and went into the healing and, you know, connecting with, um, which led to then connecting with the animals and aligning with the healing practice with the animals. Mm-hmm. 
And so um, how did you, um, or was it synchronicity that more or less helped to align, you know, your, it, it's almost like a stepping stone process that you, you start with? Well, yes, because I was searching. I knew I wanted animals in my life. And I really knew there was something out there besides being a veterinarian, yet no career test had it. I mean, it it didn't exist. And so I was hanging on to my job until it showed up. Well, that wasn't happening. So when I found the rock, I was like, that was my sign. It's like, okay, I know I'm not staying where I am. I have to quit. And so it wasn't until I quit that the universe didn't open the door where the animals could come in. Then I got shown the way. Um, Because I'd been studying, I was fascinated with acupressure and learning that you could, you know, hold points on your body, like on your ankle and your jaw could release, you know, that the whole body was connected. So I was um, training in that. So I decided to then, well, I'll just open my practice for people. And within a month, um there was a person on my table who says, well, if this works for me, it will work for my dog. And I said, yes, it will. So she, that opened the floodgate. She started bringing her dog to me, and then that's, the rest has just been history. Wow, and you've worked on, um, it sounded like a whole variety of different animals. Yes. Yes. Um, my main practice is cats, dogs, and horses. However, I have worked with birds and pets. Rats and goats and bunnies. Do they have different languages when you work with them, Vicky? Like, do do the messages come through in different ways? Like, does a rat think differently than a dog? Like, does it feel different? Well, what's interesting is it's energy. I'm very good at reading the energy. So even though they may have a different energy, it still feels like the same language to me. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Have you ever worked with a snake or any of the no. reptiles? Um, <laughs> I don't have an be. affinity. See, to me, it goes to this heart connection, and I don't have a heart connection with a snake. Mm. So, um, so what I would say would be fur and feathers, <laughs> because I have a really strong heart connection with you know all of those animals. Mm-hmm. And that's where I truly believe the, the true healing and, you know, space for that to come through is with the heart. Mm-hmm. That makes so sense. it's like a, having an alphabet, you know, in a way, from a language perspective. I don't know if there's a, there are notes that, you know, making up the energy, is that, is there some kind of a um, alphabet of an energy source? Oh, is it more of a feeling? You know, is it is it like a, a wave of feeling? You know, just from the standpoint of how you connect or, or you can know. Yes. Okay, well, communication with the animals is working with the clairs. Like, um, we have clairaudience and clairvoyance, you know, with our physical senses. And so, different people have stronger clairs or different ones. I happen to have quite a few that are very pronounced so I can communicate with different, you know, multiple layers or multiple languages with the animals because um, you can show pictures to communicate because when we're talking, our thoughts are pictures. 
And so, like, when you're planning a trip and your animal may start acting up even before you tell them you're going on the trip or even before you get the suitcase out, it's because they know. Because when you're, when you're preparing, you're formulating images in your mind that's going out to them even though you don't know that. Um, and so your animals know, even though you haven't specifically overtly told them. And so that's one way communication happens. Um, they give feelings, as you were suggesting. They can give um, taste and smells. And there can be a knowing, that there's a knowing um, that happens. And then hearing, they can give sounds or um, cues that way. So it depends on which sense is open for people, how the information is coming forward. Mm-hmm. Does that hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had an, a story that was pretty profound about um, this one client that the cat sat at the door <laughs> of her yeah, office. I, I had incredible. this person contact me that um, couldn't understand why her cat wouldn't come into the room, her office while she was working. And so she came to me wanting a you know, stronger connection. And what it was was the client was too stressed out. So the cat didn't want to come into the room because of that stressed out energy. And so when I made the person aware of this, it really changed the relationship. Um, And also, um, she got one of my calming essences, one of my healing your animal essences that works for people and animals. Um, It was a serene. And so this, it provides a calming, you know, vibe in the air, energy in the air. And so then the cat would come into the room. So the cat was a barometer for <laughs> being around her because of the person's energy. Wow. And so now the cat is a, is a barometer, is using it as a barometer, so the, the person can now say, oh, I'm getting too stressed. Okay, it's time to take a deep breath or, you know, it's time to relax. And um, so they have now have a new relationship in that way. Mm-hmm. That's kind of an example of where our intellect, and we a lot of times try to reason through things with our minds, but we don't listen to our heart and or the uh, other subtle energy communication tools, you know, that sometimes the mind tries to take over and rationalize. And that can be a a part where it's difficult. So, yes, absolutely. That could disconnect. But, and I've got so, a story to share that sometimes we don't realize what our animals are thinking by what we're doing because it wouldn't occur to us. Um, if I had a dog who, was, who did agility that had to have uh, one of his legs amputated because of cancer, and they had me come in to, you know, right after the surgery to help the, you know, the healing go faster. And the dog was just like, what did I do wrong? Just feeling all ashamed. And um, and it wasn't until the person was ashamed of her dog and not handling this better because she, it was going to be a whole new way of being with her animal because she was not going to be able to do agility anymore. 
And and so once I explained to the dog, you know, that she didn't do anything wrong, actually it was a she, I said he earlier, that she didn't do anything wrong, you know, she's got this huge relief. And then so it was educating the person to look at her dog differently now and accept, you know, her dog as the dog she is now. It's like, and as wonderful, it's like, yes, you can't do agility anymore yet. Look at all the things you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, and so helping helping her there. And so that dog would have held on to all those emotions coming from the person if, you know, and that's where the session was so valuable to help help get that straight between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I know that um, you've had a lot, lot of different experiences with um, stones and minerals, and um, you've actually developed a very exclusivity uh, essence collection, um, and been helping put together a lot of different essences. Could you could you elaborate a little bit? Um, we're going to have a couple minutes here before break, but um, maybe just a couple minutes here of explaining how did you, you run into this as a um, part of your gift? Okay. Well, yeah, as a child, I was always out in nature and I was always picking up rocks and really resonating and um, always wearing, you know, like rings, opal or turquoise or sapphire and knew they had healing properties, but I didn't go any further with that. Um, and so then I would collect minerals and crystals in my life as I, you know, would see them in stores or whatever. And then combining, so my two passions, animals and the crystals and minerals, I was reading a book on the two of them and realized you could make essences out of them. And I had already taken a class to make to learn how to make flower essences, and it was the same way. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So that was like a, sti- a, a spark that just lit up and really took off with having this now full healing line of essences for the people and the animals um, so I can help with, the, with my mission, you know, that many more people and animals um, in the world. And with the with that thought of helping with essences, we're going to take a few minutes here for commercial, but this is a fascinating topic because I think it's one that um, deserves some real exploratory because the essences are like a, a an outside um, support system in a way to what is being reflected from your inside to an outside and um, along with the gift that Vicki has, you know, her gift of recognizing the essences and providing, you know, the formulas. I think that's really, really helpful. And with that note, we'll be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Have you ever met a muse? Or considered the possibility that you are a muse and didn't know it? A muse inspires creativity, happiness, and imagination. And that's something we need every day to feel fulfilled in life. The challenge is that most media focuses on negativity. 
But now, there is a place for you and other musers to connect with positive energy, new possibilities, and personal growth. Join www.themightymuser.com to discover curated content designed to bring you to your best self. Becoming a muser will have a direct effect on how you feel. And as you feel good, your life is good. Join themightymuser.com. It's the choice that can change everything. Are you interested in actualizing your potential to be, do, and have more? If yes, then consider this your invitation. IntelliKey dates back to Aristotle, who used the word to describe the potential of a thing becoming itself. For example, a kitten has the IntelliKey to become a cat. So what is human IntelliKey? It's about discovering your destiny to live your freedom. Discover who you really are through one of the programs at www.humanintellikey.com. Be who you are here to be. And remember, your life is a powerful expression of potential. Whether you activate that for its highest good or not is your choice. www.humanintellikey.com. That's human, E-N-T-E-L-E-C-H-Y.com. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's one 888 346-9141. You may also send us an email to jewels at mightygems.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels. And one of the jewels that we are spotlighting right now have to do with our animal friends and the communications and the trick to actually communicating and healing. And today we have Vicki Draper, a healing animal expert. And she's, um, she has several gifts she's sharing with us. And one of them has to do with um, her gift of um, healing with the essences of different minerals and rocks. And can you share a little bit more with us on how this works with um, what you have learned and you know, how you've worked with them? Yes. Um, well, one of the first questions I generally get is when they see the bottle, it's like, do you really grind up crystals in this bottle? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 that's why it's an essence. And so the essence is the, the healing properties contained in the crystal. And there's a process to go through where you infuse the water, which is the medium then that carries. You infuse the water with the crystal's vibrations. And then the water, with that, you preserve it. And then when you spray it in the air, it contains that crystal or mineral's vibration and its healing properties are being put in the air around us. And since we're humans and, and, and animals and we're mainly made of water, it, it produces a vibration. And so 
it's a higher vibration. It's that pure vibration. So say um, we have an essence of serene that I talked about earlier. It's a calming. And so depending, I would put, the formula would be crystals that would be calming. And so then the calming is put into the air and our energy fields, which is what science calls them, um, New Age calls it auras, so our energy fields and auras, they combine, they, they meet this vibration and it starts resonating because we start aligning with it because we're mainly water. And so our bodies start vibrating and so then the lower energies like the anxiety, the restlessness, can't sustain in this higher vibration, so the lower vibrations start dissolving and dissipating. And that's how um, our bodies respond to it. And so to change the pattern, what I've found is when you spray it, it lasts four to six hours, you know, pretty strong in your field. And so to keep it going, you want to use it for three weeks, like three times a day, to keep your body at that higher vibration. And then after three weeks, because it takes three weeks to change a pattern, your body will naturally hold that on its own. So you will have healed a layer, like peeled that one layer off of the onion um, with, you know, with doing that. And so the, depending on the formulas you want to work with, depending on your issues, it would be what, you know, essence you would be using. Is there a, a combination that would be like a priority? I mean, someone would have have to have some guidance probably with putting together step one, step two, step three. Um, oh, for their healing needs, you mean? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, I offer that for people where, you know, we can um, do an initial clearing and target three essences for them to work with to take it even deeper. Mm-hmm. And um, my website has a questionnaire to help people target if they, you know, want to target target can't talk right now target themselves on their you know on their own, or you know, like I said, there's support in getting that to happen. And we'll be sharing um, Vicky's contact information toward the end, and it's also um, set up on the uh, mightymuser.com website is also a link to her website. So we'll be sure that you get all of the details because this is very powerful. Well, so I have a question. Vicki, how do you go about connecting? Do you do anything special within yourself before you attempt to connect with an animal, especially if you've never met them before? Or how do you introduce what you're doing so they can understand that this is what's happening and uh, that they, you know, they're engaged in the process? Is there anything that you need to do to prepare? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm human, and I can be in my head a little too mm-hmm. much, and so um, it, it's, I always make sure I'm grounded and I'm present when connecting with the animal. And then when I start connecting and communicating with them and letting them, sharing with them what, you know, why we're together... Um, I always let them know it's their choice. I'm not there to force them to do anything. And 
they're, a lot of times their main concern is, is, is this the vet? You know, it's like, am I going to have a <laughs> thermometer stuck up my butt? And, you know, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, no, this is what we're doing. You know, and I, you know, I can, I share with them the healing energy and they're like, and then they go, that's it? I said, yeah, this is it. You know, and then, um, so they open up trust. Um, sometimes when I've had an animal that came to me that just curled up as small as she could into this little bitty ball on my couch because she was really, really scared. And so I was, you know, just telling her this is here to help her and this is here, you know, if she wants it. And she just kept unfolding and kept unfolding. By the end of the session, she was totally sprawled out. The the people that had brought her in says, oh, my gosh, I've never seen her look that big, you know, that... <laughs> <laughs> that comfortable. <laughs> um, and so I think that's what helps make it powerful, too, is I'm accepting the animal as they are. I'm providing them that unconditional love. Um, and and they respond. And so I also get animals that don't trust others, you know, trusting me. Because um, hmm. I've been brought in for a horse that wouldn't even let its own person ride. He, he couldn't be seen by the vet, anything. And he responded to me. And so then we got him calm and got him um, much more comfortable. That then others, you know, then he could be seen by the vet and not go haywire. And, you know, so it really changed his life. Nice. I would imagine. Hmm. Well, so what do you do if there is an animal who that refuses to connect or talk with you or, you know, just kind of is in uh, shutdown mode? Where What happens then? Like, is there a way you can, is there recourse? Is there something you can do? I don't know. Um, it's kind of like I have visions of poking the bear in the cave. It's like, you know, you don't maybe want to do that part. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, knock on wood, so far I haven't had an animal just refuse flat out to talk. Um, I have had uh, a case, well, this is actually Donna's cat, Serena, <laughs> when working, um, because we came together because for her cat, Jessie, and then Serena would be, you know, mean to Jessie or whatever, so I was talking to Serena you know, about what was going on, and she literally got up, walked out of the room, and it's like she had her paws on her ears going, la, 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 I'm not hearing you. <laughs> and I was going, oh, my gosh, I've never had a cat do this. You know? she's, a, she's also a I followed her to the kitchen, and I says, okay, well, we're not going to talk about Jessie. Let's talk about you. And she's like, oh, Okay. So then we talked about her, we got her needs, we got her happy. It turned out she wanted um, some special role in the family. And once we got her needs established, then she was very happy to talk about Jessie and transform that relationship with her. And now she's she's the inspector in our family because she's always, wherever someone new comes in, like, someone that's cleaning house we've had several people actually an 
they comment that she's wherever they are and it makes them very nervous because they're she's sitting wherever they are watching very closely what they're doing <laughs> and so they feel like somebody's you know hanging over every detail so she's gotten to be very knowledgeable in her head about all of these different things mm-hmm. well you know i think we only have a, three or four minutes left here but is there, uh, what can our listeners do to get started to make their communication strong between their own heart chakra and their animals and their animal connections? Is, do you have any suggestions on that, Vicki? I do. One thing would be, um, like, imagine a slide between your head down into your heart and just bring your energy down into your heart. And that's a big starting place. Um, and a big, big tip is animals don't know the word no. So when you're telling them, no, don't jump on the couch, no, don't do this, they don't hear that. All they see is you're saying, no, don't jump on the couch. You're showing them a big picture of the couch. And so they're thinking it's okay. <laughs> and so Oops. then they're going, why? I'm confused. You told me to get on the couch, and now you're mad. You know, they don't understand. And so um, it's speak in what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. That's like the number one biggest thing you can do to communicate with your animal. Mm-hmm. That's good words. Good words. Um. Well, and I think um, we have a lot of topic area around some of the essences, and we're going to invite Vicky back into our show and explore some of these other topic areas because I think it's very very good information for all of us because our animal friends are so important to us and our communication with them helps not just us but also the animals and Vicki um, what is the best way for someone to contact you? Um, they, you can always go to my website www.healingyouranimal.com that's H-E-A-L-I-N-G Y-O-U-R-A-N-I-M-A-L dot com and on there, I have, on the Contact Us page, you can um, find my email, and you can sign up for an assessment uh, as my gift to, you know, see what's going on with you and your animal and see how I can help uh, get you to the results that you're wanting. And that's um, under the Contact Us page. That's also shared on the MightyMuser.com and the um, header of Mighty Gem Show. Um, there's a focal point there for Vicky's contact information, and you click on her link, and it will take you directly over to her website as well. So there are a couple of ways to uh, do that. And we really appreciate your, your helpful information, Vicki. And we would like to have you continue th- with us with this conversation, and we'll get more details on that. Um, okay, awesome. Mighty, I look forward to that. Yeah, and Mighty Gems. I mean, Mighty Gems are not just rocks and minerals. It's really, you know, there are all kinds of Mighty Gems, and relationships are part of the gems that a lot of us have taken for granted in our lives. 
And, you know, the personal value has to do with the perception of what is the value. So what we suggest is that as you're out prospecting in yourself and others, it's really looking for these special jewels that exist and um, honoring, you know, what does that mean within each of the, the different areas. So as you ponder the importance of what we have just shared is spotlighting heartful animal connections, you know, go to nature and others and use your tools and your exploration. We broaden our prospecting arena and can go up and above and beyond where we've ever been before as we grow and, and work with all of these different tools. Join us next week, next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a fabulous weekend. And thank you, Vicki, so much for sharing with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for joining D. Lee for Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week.